0: So uh, obviously we're praising our students today. We're, we're praising the, all their hard work, the dedication, the tears, the sweat, the blood maybe with the paper cuts of how hard they worked towards getting their degree or, or their bachelor's, whatever it may be. And, and we praise certain things at certain times and certain moments. And we actually got to praise together as a church staff this past Tuesday during our staff devotional and, 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 and staff uh, meeting we, we got the news of a very special friend of ours who has reached a milestone, and we were able to praise this friend of ours together with none other than our pastor, Julio Guarnetti, and I'm gonna just let you see this video that we have right here. Look at that guy. Look at him. That is none other than Pastor Julio's grandson, Daniel. Yeah, he's walking. Now get this, this is at nine months old. Okay, now given I've been walking for 25 years, okay? But 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 nine months old, right? We celebrate that more than me walking for 25 years because this is a milestone. This is the first time that we're able to praise, you know, Daniel for, hey, you're walking now. Unbelievable. I don't know if that's gonna be stressful for the mom. I mean, I don't have kids and not yet, and, and I don't know how that's gonna look. Like I know uh side out, you know, with Zion brings them to young adults and he's running around everywhere. So God bless you, Pastor. I pray for for Rachel and and everything that's going on, but I know that they're excited that, that he's finally walking. And the thing is, we all praise certain people at certain times, right? Certain moments. We praise maybe athletes when they reach a milestone, when they finally win a Super Bowl, finally for the Dallas Cowboys, and, and we praise uh, uh, teachers, right, for, for helping their class just continue to work hard throughout the year, or we praise our leaders sometimes because of the milestones that they've gotten to do for our nation, and, and there's so many different reasons why we praise, but today, we're going to be looking at a psalm in Psalms 30, specifically on what, what it looks like to be praising in Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving through, through praise. We're in a series in Psalms right now. We're actually going to conclude that series today. And so in this uh, psalm, we're going to see how David shares his heart of Thanksgiving through Praise. You know, Frank did a great job opening up the series talking about blooming and, and delighting in the Lord. Then Pastor Julio did a great message on lamenting and despair. And then last week, Revelation and praise. And, and, and now we're kind of coming to the conclusion of our series of the Psalms. And Psalms 30, to, to just a little background, you know, the book of Psalms is a big book, right? It has a lot of ch- chapters, a lot of full of poetry songs, stories, and history, so it's rich and full of wisdom for us to be able to ascertain and and ultimately apply it into our lives, and so in Psalms 30, this is a dedication for the temple of David, okay, now David's a very famous person, you may know him, considered man after God's own heart, people love him, and they're building this temple, and they're dedicating it, but David is doing something amazing here. Instead of pointing all the attention to himself, instead of receiving the praise of the people dedicating this temple, David instead directs everybody towards the one who had his hand on it the entire time, our God. He understood that everything, all the credit, all the glory, all the praise ultimately goes to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That is our God in heaven who is seated on the throne. And so what I want to do is I want to read this psalm together and then we'll look into it and see exactly what it is that David's doing. Verse 1, this is Psalm 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I, had, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, You made my royal mountain stand firm, but when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. So here we see David listing numerous things of reasons why all the glory and all the praise belongs to the father. And just in that small moment, in, in, in the first three verses, he's speaking directly to the father, he's speaking to God, And declaring his praise, acknowledging first and foremost that the sustainer of him, the sustainer of all of us, is responsible for all the things, all the blessings that we have on this earth today. The fact that David, before anything, is able to recognize that that, reflects his love, his love for God. And my question is for you guys today, how do we express our praise, our gratitude, our thanksgiving to our God? Because there are many reasons why we are to praise him today. The first reason that David praises God is that he praises him because he defends. So we praise God because he defends. Verse 1, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths. And what? What? and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Now, God is to be feared, amen? God is to be revered. Why? Because he's righteous, because he's powerful, because he's holy, because he's good. It's this fear of reverence, not a fear where we should hide our faces or be afraid in the sense of wanting us to walk away, but fear in the sense that we walk gingerly Towards a father who loves us so much, but we understand that his authority is ultimately the final answer. It ends with his authority because he knows what is best. He has a plan, a divine plan, a will, a decree that's going to glorify ultimately himself. So there's a fear of God. Amen. There's a fear that we are to revere our father in heaven. So there's a fear of God. And then for me, there's the fear of my mom right under that. And some of y'all may laugh, but you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. And usually if, if, if my mom was upset, this is the reason why, okay? If my mom's upset, that means my dad's gonna hear it and he's gonna be upset and he's the one with the belt. That's why I turned out like this. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but the point is, hey, discipline your children. No, I'm kidding. Like the point is, <laughs> the point is, is that I had a fear for my mom, okay? Uh, and speaking of, of graduation Sunday, I had to share a story from high school because uh, I, I didn't graduate too long ago from high school. And <laughs> thank you, Pastor. And, and, you know, I'm still young, kind of. And uh, thinking of, of just this, this psalm and then graduation Sunday, I said, man, I wonder, I wonder what, what, what's something that I, that I can remember from high school of, of this that reminds me of this. And, and honestly, the first thing that came to mind was the story of my mom, which is why I'm going to explain to you I'm so afraid of her. You see, we... When I was in high school, there was a trend that uh a, a wristband was going to give me the ultimate power, okay? Now, if you don't know this, I was an athlete, okay? I was in, I was a basketball player. Don't look at me like you're shocked, okay? Please don't do that. All of you are looking at me like, no, you weren't, bro. Yes, I was. Actually, Pastor Chan can attest to that, right, Pastor? He knows what I can do, okay? He he knows what I can do on the court, okay, for about two minutes. But I can still do it. Now in high school, I had the the power band that I wanted so desperately, okay? This this was supposed to help me with balance, supposed to help me with strength, supposed to help me just just be the best and ultimately get me to the NBA, okay? Now, I wanted to, to just be the best player on our team, but here's the problem. Our coaches absolutely hated this power band because it was honestly a placebo effect. There was no power in that band whatsoever, okay? It didn't matter. I wanted, everybody had it. I saw all the NBA players wearing, it. I saw some other athletes wearing it. I said, this has gotta be it. This is a secret juice to get me to where I need to be. Okay. But the problem is our trainer also hated it too. So our coaches, our trainer get together and they tell us, Hey, we're warning you right now. If any of you walk into our gym and are wearing that wristband, we're cutting it off. No excuses. We've already told you, we don't want you wearing it in our gym when we practice. So what do I do? I wear it because I want to be the best. So I put it on my wrist and we're running and hustling. They blow the whistle. Hold up. Eli, come here. Hey, what's up, coach? Snip, snap. Our trainer comes and cuts it off. I was so afraid for what was going to happen because I knew if my mama saw me walk into that car when she picked me up from school, without that wristband, stuff was going to go down and it was not going to be pretty because that wristband cost a pretty penny. And so... I'm just, I just prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, don't let my mom notice it. I walk into the car. I'm trying to hide my wrist as best I can. Hey, Mom, how was your day? I love you. Did I tell you you look so beautiful? And she goes, where's your wristband? I said, how do you do that? How do you see my wrist immediately and automatically know that I don't have my wristband? I said, Mom, look, it was my fault. I t- the coaches told me not to wear it, so they cut it off. But please don't do anything. It was my fault. She says, wait, wait, wait. They touched you? Yeah, but it was my fault, mom. Like it, it wasn't their fault. They told me like, no, no, no. but they touched you. They, they, they cut, they put scissors towards you and cut it off. I said, yeah, but mom, you don't understand. She got out the car and I started praying. I was so afraid for my coaches. <laughs> Cause I knew something was going to go down. I said, Lord, please, please do not let my mom go to jail today. Please. I'm about to make varsity. I'm about to make the team. Please don't let it be today. She comes back just red cooling down a little bit. Mom, what happened? What did you do? They'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh, no. Oh, I'm going to run so much tomorrow. I, I did not want to go to school the next day. So I, but I go. I go, and we're in class, and the coaches call me, pull me aside. Yeah, we're going to talk to you. Oh, I know what this is about. I know what this is about. Yeah, what's up, coach? Yeah, your mom came and visited us yesterday. I'm so sorry, coach. I apologize. It wasn't, I didn't know what she was going to do. I told her it was my fault. He goes, no, we, we want to apologize to you. You want to apologize to me? Okay. We continue. Yeah. We just want to say, we're so sorry. We cut your wristband. Here's some money. Go buy yourself a new one. I said, what? And I don't have to run extra. No, you're made varsity. Okay, great. So the fact that my mom could get two grown men to apologize to me and give me money. That's a powerful woman. I don't care what anybody says. That woman is powerful. Okay. And, and I don't mean to be funny or cliche, but, but the point is that she defended me. She defended her baby. Okay. Ultimately she did what she had to do. And it's, and, and I see this Psalm and I see David praising his God for defending him, but for much, much worse things. He had enemies. David was under fire all the time. People were attacking him. People were trying to overthrow him, but God remained faithful. He defended David in every way possible. And David recognized that. And he said, first and foremost, let me praise you, God, because you are a defender. You are to be feared. You are to be revered. All of this would not be possible without your power, without the reverence that people have for you, God. And there's plenty of things in my life that I know God has protected me from. Maybe not necessarily physically, but spiritually. When the enemy attacks, my God is there. He is for us, he is not against us. He is our defender, my rock, my shield. There are things that I know I could have ventured into, but my God protected me from those things through ways that I don't even recognize sometimes. Sometimes I don't realize till years later, like, oh my goodness, my God defended me in that moment, protected me in that moment so that I could continue Onto what he had planned for me. My God is a defender. What has he defended you from today? What has he protected you from this morning? There are people in here that I know for a fact can, can, can recall some moments in their lives where I said, man, that had to have been God. There's no way that this was, was just coincidence. That had to be God. We praise God because he is a defender. Not only does he defend but he restores, we praise God because he restores. Verse two, Lord, my God, I call to you for help and you healed me. Now healing is very, very powerful. And I know for a fact that every single one of us, at some point in our lives, even right now, need a form of healing. Now, some scholars believe that David could be referencing to some emotional things or could be referencing to some sicknesses. But ultimately, he understood that he was alive and well because God healed him. He heard him as he called for help and healed him. You think of David and his life, the battles that he must have gone through, wars, wars. Right? Being attacked. Maybe some near death experiences. And then, on the emotional, spiritual aspect of it, a man who killed a man to sleep with his wife. Now, this does not sound like someone who is after God's own heart, but yet, he is declared that. He can heal us from everything and anything that we are clinging onto because the enemy continues to fill lies in our head. That shame, that guilt that is eating at you in this moment, God can heal you from that. Many of you have scars. I've had scars that God has healed me from. Yes, does it take time? Of course. But it also requires us to come boldly to him and saying, I need healing. We need to pull down our pride, be humble, Be humble and recognize we need healing. And sometimes that's such a hard thing to do. It's so hard to have to admit that I'm not good enough or strong enough to heal myself, that I need something more powerful, an outside force that can heal what is going on internally in my heart. But how do we know that this is true for us today? How do we know that we can actually be healed? Because there was one man who promised that the temple would be broken but that he would restore it in three days. Now, David doesn't know Jesus at this point, right? This is the Old Testament. But the beautiful thing about the Bible is that the entire from front to end ultimately all points to one person, and that is Jesus. There was one to come who would destroy the temple but rebuild it in three days. It was through one man's brokenness that we can now be restored. If he can restore the temple, he can restore us. That's a God who's powerful. That's a God who loves. That's a God who is a redeemer. What do you need healing from today? What scars do you need to bring before our God? We praise God because he redeems us. Verse three says, you, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit other translations say uh you you brought me up from the shale i hope i said that correct but that translated could be meaning a grave or a tomb where they would put the dead the realm of the dead david was there in that dark cave in that pit and god brought him out of that he redeemed david He took him out of those moments. You can read Psalms 42 and just see the despair that David had. Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Why why are you aching? Lord my God, where are you? He's screaming out to our God. And God listens to that and he brings him out of the pit. And for us, maybe not physically like David's talking about, but spiritually I know he did the same for David. A man who lost his boy, a man who was filled with shame and guilt, redeemed out of that pit. He brought his grave and turned it into a garden from mourning to dancing. And for us, he's turning our graves into gardens. And we are mourning and to dancing. We're going from mourning to dancing. He can turn my grave into a garden. He can turn your grave into a garden. He gave me life. And for that, I pray that I continuously recognize and praise him with thanksgiving and say, Father, this is all you. I had nothing to do with this. How great is it that we also have a God who hears our cry. Verse eight says this. It says, to you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. It's okay to cry. I, I, I often think about, you know, the moment when I might have a child and, and to hear the cry for the first time, how that might feel. And I think about our God and how he listens to our cries. Yes, yes, we pray. He listens to our prayers, but he also listens to our cries in the night, in the dark. There was a moment in my life where I thought I was going to lose my father. We, it was, I think, my sophomore year of college. He got really sick. He was in the hospital. He started losing weight. And it was hard to go there and see tubes stuck in his nose. My mom crying the whole time, not knowing what was going to happen. By God's grace, ultimately, he was able to get out of there he's with me still to this day. And I know for a fact that that was God's hand doing his sovereign work. And I'm grateful because I still have time with my father and I don't want to take that for granted. The thought of losing my father and putting him in a tomb or a grave is frightening. But there's consolation and there's there's peace knowing that that tomb is nothing because he's going to be turned into a garden. He's going to be in paradise forever. Either way, we all are those of us who have surrendered their lives to Jesus. You know, I, uh, I joked around a little bit about Daniel getting all the praise because he's walking at nine months. Right. And how I've been walking for 25 years and nobody gives me a gift card. Right. And, and, and nobody cares anymore. But I find that so interesting how we pray so hard, right? Man, Daniel nine months. But then like two weeks later, we're like, we don't even think about it anymore. Now we're just waiting for him to, to maybe talk, right, say words. Then after that, we expect him to get a master's degree. I don't know, but I don't, again, I still believe that he's walking at nine months because his, his grandpa is a preacher, and God has, like, special favor over that. But, like, we think about that, and, and we just forget about it. And I forget that, wait a minute, God, I, I'm walking right now. I have two feet. I need to praise you for that. How can I overlook the small blessings that you have given me? Why do I have to wait for the next moment to praise you? Why why do I have to wait for the next moment where you come through and praise you? Why can't I praise you for the fact that I can walk? And if I can walk, then that means I can walk in obedience. That means that I still have a purpose. If you're here right now in this room, it's because you have a purpose. I don't believe in coincidence at all. Our God is a perfect God who is sovereign. We need to stop overlooking the small and simple blessings of merely waking up in the morning. Praise God. Give him thanks for everything that he has done. Not only that, but we see David as he recalls everything that he's praising God for. He is then compelled to tell others about it. Verse 4, he is finished praising God, and then he says, Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. You turn my mourning into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. If we know the truth of who God is and what he's done in our lives, then we are to be compelled to tell others about it, to say, hey, rejoice with me. Church, we're here right now, Sunday morning. It's been a crazy year, but we're here. Hey, graduation is here. We did it. We rejoice in that, but we continue to rejoice. We don't stop rejoicing or praising our God for the little things. Our God is worthy to be praised because he is faithful to defend, restore, and redeem. And we can approach the throne with boldness, thanksgiving, and praise with the expectation of God to remain faithful. And if you don't know who God is today, then you're missing out. And you have every opportunity right now in this moment to surrender your life to him and say, Father, I I, I need... I need a defender. I need someone who can restore me because I can't do it. I need someone who can redeem me and give me life. Someone who can turn my mourning to dancing, my grave into a garden. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you are doing right now in this moment. I pray for the hearts of everyone in here that our hearts would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and that any convictions that are going on in our hearts right now that ultimately we would be listening and that those convictions, convictions would lead to repentance. Father, we thank you that you're so faithful. We thank you that you are a defender, that you restore us and that you redeem us. Jesus, I praise you and I pray that I never stop Praising you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite y'all to stand with us as we respond in song.